0: Happy Easter! Happy Easter! He is risen! So excited, so thankful that you're joining us. If you are just tuning in, I just want to say we as The Shore appreciate you just taking the time to be here online, wherever you're watching, Um, and, and you're probably even wondering, especially if you're new, you've never even been to church in a long time, why am I tuning in? May I suggest Perhaps one of the reasons you're tuning in is because you have sensed in your life, someone's been there for me. You know, you've sensed in your life in different experiences, there seems to be someone pursuing me with affectionate love, someone protecting me. I don't know who it is. I wonder if it is Jesus. And, and so maybe that's why when you saw that invite or you received that card or you clicked on whatever, you said I'm going to be here, so I just want to thank you for being here. I want to I want to unpack what that is, um, and I want to help you answer the question: Is it Jesus? And and for those of you who are sure, so good to see you all. Uh, we had a great sunrise service, and and we'll tell you more details about more outdoor church events that we want to do. Uh, but today we celebrate the greatest presence and person who's really living and he's alive and we get to worship him today. So my hope honestly is that while we, caught, while we walk through this story, you would just begin to worship Jesus. I, I want to talk to you about living from the resurrection, living from power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in you. So to do that, let me just begin. Uh, actually, actually, let me just say that that's where we're going today. So we have two points. Number one, someone's been there for me, Jesus, is it you? Before you kind of exit, uh, if, 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 you're in, if you're not a believer, just stay with me for point one. Just stay for point one, I'll let you exit at point two. But, but you, need, you owe it to God if it's really him and he's really pursuing you and it's really Jesus and he wants to call your name, just to stay here with me, okay? Uh, and then second, we wanna talk about living from this side of the resurrection. So how about we start in conversation with Jesus, Who's, who's really present now, he's present with you, uh, because he really did rise, we call this prayer. So I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna converse with Jesus, and then we'll go. So Jesus, thank you, thank you that you hear my voice, and that you're present with us. Wherever anyone is watching this, hearing this, I ask now that your presence would be made known, that people would sense you're with them. You're with them right now, and you like to be there. And you really did rise from from death. We have so many manuscripts that point to history that attest to the tomb is empty. But I pray more than just seeing that, I pray that there would be an encounter with what births the church, which is the power of the risen Jesus. Where someone today needs power, I pray you'd intervene. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, for just this time together. It's so beautiful out. We thank you for a really good day. I know we have plans to go out, but I pray for this next few minutes, we would just be so focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So first point, someone's been there for me. Jesus, is it you? What's really fascinating about the resurrection accounts in all of the Gospels, and we're going to look at John's Gospel today, is that um, Jesus actually appears to them risen. We have people encountering Jesus, but they don't realize it's him. There's so many accounts where where. They they weren't expecting or anticipating resurrection, and so when Jesus really did come right in front of them, walking next to them, they didn't see it was him. And I just wanna show you this, So, so someone's been there for me, Jesus, is it you? Look at verse one. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. You can just see at this point, she's not expecting resurrection, she just assumes stones rolled away, tomb's empty, someone took him. So Peter went out with the other disciple And they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. Okay, just, you know, that's John who's actually writing this. He kind of just wants to say, I was faster, just for the record. And and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen Cloth lying there, and watch this. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Now, um, one of the things that is just so fascinating about this is right there. That detail um, is 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 just. By the way, legends don't read like that. That's so detailed. But it's just evidence that it couldn't have been grave robbers, because I don't know any grave robber or any robber that would bust in a place and grab something and be like, you know what, guys, we got to fold, don't we got to fold this up? No. Right? Unless you got like an OCD robber. But robbers don't fold linen. Um, The other thing I just want to point out, and there's a lot of Jewish traditions out there and... um, we actually don't know because the text doesn't say why Jesus folded his faith cloth separate. But one tradition I found really powerful because it does point to the, the power of the cross was there's a Jewish tradition where if you would come into someone's uh, home and you're invited for dinner um, and you, you didn't like the food. So you, so you were there and you didn't like the food. The tradition was that if, that if you hated it, you would uh, fold up your napkin in a certain way and you would place it on your plate to say, I will never eat this meal again. And, and you wouldn't say it out loud, but the, the, you know, the guest would be like, he's not eating that again. And I wonder when Peter walked into the tomb and saw the napkin folded, if Jesus was saying, I will never taste this death again, I will never eat this meal again. Hebrews 2 says, for it was by God's grace that he might taste death for everyone. I will never taste death again. You cannot be condemned, we just sang about this, you cannot be condemned for what's being paid by Jesus, the meal he took, the death for our sin, the receipt. This is so important, so so if you're like, ah man, what about my stuff, what about my guilt? The receipt for your judgment being paid in full on the cross, was that the meal was eaten, you'll never have to taste it again, is that Jesus came out. Romans 8 says this, who is to condemn? Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. He's, he's continually praying our, our triumph. Okay, so yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Mary's like, okay, hey, we don't know where he is. Peter sees the linen. I'll never taste this again. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, he just gotta say that, also went in and saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Now watch this. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Rabbi," which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. Don't hold on to me for now. I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go, go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. Man, I love, I love this. Mary isn't looking for, nor is she expecting to encounter Jesus risen, and yet, he is in the, she is in the very presence of the Lord. There's another resurrection account we don't have time to go to, but where two men are on the road, it's called the road to Emmaus, and they were, they were experiencing, encountering Jesus. He was right there with him, risen, and they didn't know it was him, but it says their hearts burned within them, and all I'm trying to say for you right now is perhaps like Mary, Jesus really has appeared different than we expected, but he still appeared and, and maybe we didn't know it was him. M- maybe someone's been there for you and pursued you if, with affection and love and you didn't know it was him. Even as Christians, so if you're a follower of Jesus, um, I think sometimes we assume closeness means I will always be able to recognize when Jesus is with me. And I I love these accounts. The the moments that Jesus wants to show that it's him. When Jesus wants to reveal that it's him, it's always perfect timing. Which means you might be here today and there were certain things in your life where he was there, he was there, he was there, and then he was ready now to say your name. So if you're still with me, um, I wanna ask you to risk I mean, what do you have to lose? I I want you to risk, and I want you to ask Jesus, I I I would encourage you in, in the next 24 hours to find a space and take the time to risk and ask, Jesus, if you're real, and have been around me my whole life, and you're with me, would you show me when it was you? I want to see you. Would you say my name? You say you rose, release your power into my life. Show me your life. I just I would I would encourage you. So so let me say a few things. Um there's a lot of fact in here. If you really know Jesus is alive, you should Christians don't believe in Jesus because it's helpful. We actually believe in Jesus because it's true. And I, 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 um, like, let me let, take for example Mary. Okay, Mary in the ancient world, and and all the women who, in all the Gospels accounts, are the first to arrive on the tomb. Just you know, in the ancient world, very patriarchal, Greek, Roman, Jew. Um, in that day, Josephus even says women were not even considered a. a Uh, a valid voice in the court of law. So if you were to write a legend that you wanted to get Jesus being alive off the ground and and create some kind of following, you would never write in a legend, let's have women show up, because they they couldn't even attest in the court of law. I mean, it would just discredit your whole movement. Furthermore, you wouldn't, if you were a disciple of Jesus, why would you write a hoax that would cost your whole life and then not recount it? At the the time of death, um, Mark, Mark Clark a great church in, in in Surrey. In his new book, he says, "You can die for lies you think are true, but who dies for a lie that they know isn't true?" So, so you need to ask the reason why Christianity got off the ground. Why was it? Why Why today are, are there two point three billion people on this earth who worship Jesus as God? Why, what happened? The answer is this happened, they saw him. There's 11 times in the manuscripts that we have where Jesus actually appeared, hundreds of people believed in the risen Christ because they actually saw him, they actually felt him, they actually heard him. And and his resurrection power was unleashed. It was unleashed as it is today. Okay, demons, they kept being cast out of people. People kept getting healed people started receiving the power of the holy spirit christianity became a place where your new life was inside you there was a there was a release of power where people were operating in love that was just far bigger than anything the world's ever seen. People were coming to Jesus. They were being cleansed from sin. They were being given power. They were bringing people into a real relational life with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. His presence, I don't know if you've, his, was just being poured out. His power, his love was being released. And it still is. Let me, let me just tell you what 2.3 billion people means. This means one out of every three people, Christianity is still the fastest growing movement in the world, in the world. One of every three people is a follower of Jesus, today. Did you know that the Christian community is bigger than China? Bigger than China. More Christians than in China, and Europe combined, and Canada combined. It's, it's massive, it's growing. It's the fastest movement in the history of the world and it's still growing. So you and I, and, and maybe now I'm just kind of shifting a little bit, but we're being told that in the next 50 years, at least in, in Canada and, and places in the United States, that we're done, man. Christianity is shrinking, um, you know, that, that we'll be alone, that we're, we're being told that we who believe in the Bible, like we do, that Jesus is still alive, and he can save you, rescue you from sin, and, and give you a real encounter where you have a friendship with God, that, that people who believe the Bible and hold to a vision of, of, of being like Jesus and and wanting to live in the way of Jesus who are holding on to his good view of sexuality and we're being told that our kids will reject us because we're not only on the wrong side of history but we're not just wrong, we are harming. But that aloneness is always an invitation. To see, even if you were alone on this planet, faithful to Jesus, it's an invitation to see it's okay because he's risen. Did you know the fastest growing church today is in Iran? Alone. Fast growing church in Iran, 20 years ago, you know, all the stats kind of put together would say 20 years ago, 2001, Uh, People were coming to Jesus in a a year, about 5,000 to 10,000 in that range. Do you know what it is today in 2021? 800,000, 1 million people are coming to Jesus from Iran right now. Right now. Do you know what the fast-growing church is in North Vancouver? Sutherland Church. It's an Iranian church. Jesus is still showing people that he's alive, that there's real hope, that he is rescuing people because he's really risen. And I want to say this to us and I speak to us as the church, so if you're a guest or visiting, you can, just, you can check your Instagram for a second. But sure, um, if we operate out of insecurity in our time, if we operate out of fear, we're, we're, we're hoping to, you know, gain a sense of safety and comfort, and, um, and, we, and we water down, and we settle, and we don't believe in the, in the power of the gospel, and You know what's gonna happen is you'll just need to fix everyone's problems. You'll feel this pressure everywhere you walk. I gotta fix something, rather than operating from a place not of fear but of love. You know, I I say this, I'm gonna jump ahead for us a little bit, but in our passage, Jesus appears, and we'll read it momentarily, to the disciples in a locked room, but someone's not there, Thomas isn't there. Uh, he does appear to Thomas later, and, and Thomas needs proof, and I respect that, and lots of people do, and, and if that's you, I need proof. We're going to ask Jesus to show you that proof, but um, there's one sentence that really hit me this, w- this week, and it was—I <laughs> still don't know why it hit me so much, but I'm, I just want to read it to you. It's in verse 26, and it's just three words, eight days later. Jesus waited a week to talk to Thomas, Jesus didn't operate out of insecurity. He didn't, I didn't, he wasn't like, oh, I need to, okay, I need to get Thomas. I, you know, I I need to. So why did that hit me? Well, that's strength. I mean, that's trust. That's abiding. It's, It's, I just don't have it. There, there, there's still people encountering the power of this person. Jesus, who's, who's right here, who you've sensed your whole life, who's been with you, who, who you were made to share every breath with. And, and, and church, let me, let me read to you what, what Jesus says, and I, I, um, I want you to ask, do I believe this? Because Jesus meant what he said. I'm gonna read to you from Mark. It won't be on the screen, but it's the end of Mark's gospel. And listen to what Jesus says. He said this, and he said to them, as you go into all the world, so he's risen, he's about to ascend, he says, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. They'll do what I did. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of God, just like he told Mary Magdalene, and the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Do do you know how 800,000 to a million people are coming to Jesus? They're coming because they're seeing this. They're seeing him risen. They're seeing him in dreams because he's really alive because he's saying their names. He's not just reasonable. He's, a, he's resurrected. Jesus is himself consistently working. And if you want to know he's alive, ask him. Ask him because he's really alive. You can look at the resurrection evidence. Okay, Most scholars today, if they're willing to look at that res- res- resurrection evidence, they, they, they have to believe, or they have to make up something totally crazy. But, but, but no one's coming to Jesus because they've read enough Keller. They're coming because he's really alive. And um, they expect, they anticipate, he's really here. They walk into villages and they go, he's really here. And they see the demon oppressed, the people who are being tormented, and they go, in Jesus' name, go. And they go. He's really alive. A verse that really hit me and and, uh, I want to share with you is in Matthew. Jesus says this, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from over here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. What is impossible with man is possible with God. The resurrection meant nothing is impossible with God. And I, I was convicted. You might have crazy faith, and you know what? Praise God for your faith. But I was convicted this week. I was convicted for how small and um, how safe my faith is. I just, he's alive. Um. Do you remember what Jesus said to Mary after he, after he says her name? He says this, don't hold on to me for I haven't yet ascended to God, my father, and he's not only my father and God, but now he's your father and your God, right? But go to my brothers and say that, that I'm ascending to my father and your father. Mary, there, there's nothing you have to do to earn my Father's closeness, our Father's closeness. If Jesus is risen, you are as close to Father God as Jesus is. What I want you to hear that is, is this, if Christianity is true, if it's true, that then it would mean that God knew you before you were in your mother's room. I mean, the scripture says that. He He, he loved you then, and he loves you now. The Bible talks about that in Romans 8. In fact, it also says there's Never been a moment in time that he didn't even know the thoughts or when you were sitting and what you're doing. Which means this, in every moment in time, he's actually been reaching out to you. Every moment in time, he has been there with you. So when you're asking that question, what is this affectionate love that seemed to help me and I should have died here, I should have hit here? It's Jesus of Nazareth. If it's true, there hasn't been a time where he's not reaching out to you and desiring you to come and experience his love and his grace and his affectionate forgiveness. You, he says, are in your father's heart. You will will never be forgotten. You will never be forsaken, okay? That's exciting. The Bible says you're found in him. Okay, that is, let me give you a verse. You're like, give me a verse. It's too good to be true. We should call it good news. We should. And being found in him, not having a righteousness, you know, not having the perfect record that comes from doing and trying and and going to church and trying to be good and not having a righteousness of my own, being found in him, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, That depends on faith. Do you believe? Look, would you risk today? Just risk, I dare you. Just ask Jesus, was it you? Jesus, are you the rest I've been searching for my whole life? It is. Um... Last night when I was going over this part, I actually heard in my mind, tell them I love them. So, he loves you. So, so le- this is really fun. Let's keep going. So, on, on the evening of that day, verse 19, the first day of the week, the door's being locked. So, they're locked. <laughs> where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, okay? Because they just saw their leader get brutally killed. They know, ah, chances are, we're going down in the same fashion. They heard the crowds, they saw it all. So they're locked up, they're, fr- they're afraid, don't we do that? When you're afraid, you lock yourself. Um, watch, Jesus came and stood among them. <laughs> That's a different kind of fear. And he said to them, peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father sent me, so even so I'm sending you. I, I just imagine being one of the disciples. Okay, you're, you're locked in. And I want you to imagine for three years, Jesus modeled a life lived in response to what the Father was doing. He modeled the life of prayer, of encounter, where he would come down after these moments with the Father, and the whole village would get healed. He would come down, and, and you saw him just in the face of all the Pharisees, just smiling, nothing caught him off guard. You saw him with children, you saw him with women, you saw him restoring people's sight, I and mean, you're just with him and then he appears and the text says you can read it he said he breathes on them and they received the holy spirit everything in that moment for them shifts shifts it just it's all different now you know why it's all different because if jesus rose it's all coming true the revolution he started is just getting started it hasn't ended if he's alive We get to keep doing the stuff Jesus got to do. We get to keep seeing more people. They would remember when Peter specifically said or heard Jesus say, come and follow me. You will be fishers of men. They can see it. They just felt they know what it means to now come alive to Jesus. N.T. Wright, he said it this way, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven That, after all, is what the Lord's Prayer is about, is it not? Right? On earth as it is in heaven. So, sure, family, like we exist. Your purpose, your purpose, if you're like, what's my purpose? I'm going to tell you right now. You exist to continue with Jesus, the revolution. That's why you're on planet earth. Until he takes you home, you exist to continue with Jesus, who's alive, who's given you power to accomplish what he came to accomplish. When Jesus came and announced heaven's kingdom realm is here, do you remember what he said? Let me show you what he said. So he, he, this will be on the screen in Luke 4. This is such a fun fun. Oh man, I love it. Let's just read it. And the scroll, so Jesus walks into the synagogue, look at verse 17, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. So super proper, This just a picture of Jesus. He enrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. One translation puts it this way. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. This is the best. Okay, watch this. Jesus <laughs> is so proper. Look at verse 20. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. He sits down. And, the, and you can imagine, like not a pin drop. And all the eyes in the synagogue are like fixed. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. his resurrection, sure, follower of Jesus, is our invitation to participate in the healing of the world for the preaching of the gospel. Well, a Chinese pastor, Watchman Nee, suffered much for the gospel. You can read a lot about these martyrs in the different martyrs books, but he just said this really, really well. Our old history ends with the cross, Our new history begins with the resurrection. Some of you need to feel that. It's finished. He doesn't have to eat that meal again. I just, I wonder if we believe this. I I wonder if this is the reason Paul prayed like he did in Ephesians 1. Listen to his prayer in Ephesians 1 after just unraveling the gospel of grace that you were in him, loved, all of it. It's just so Good, but he, but he just prays, and listen to what he prays, and I think this is so relevant for us on a Resurrection Sunday. He says, I pray that you will continually experience. That, that's experiential, not just read about it. Have an experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made, what's our word? Made available, made available. And then he says this, to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. This is a living hope. Peter says this, he says, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus this is so exciting. Man, I, um, yeah, so I'll, let me just give you a quick story. So yesterday, I, uh, I had this sermon I had spent all week on, um, and man, I, I had done so much research. I, I got so many quotes. They were really good quotes. I mean, I had like J. I. Pack. I mean, I had the best quotes on Easter. Um, and then I, I literally had two pages of, here's historical reasons why we know it happened. And um, what was interesting is I just, I kept rewriting it. And I could feel anxiety, which was weird because it was such good content. There were such good quotes. And, and I, I was in my basement yesterday, and I was trying to go over it. And there was just something, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I was like, why? I, I even said, God, do you not want me to preach this? What is going on? I wasn't there. I thought maybe it was a spiritual attack. And I, I just knew I got to go get along with Jesus. I, I, was, trying, I was trying to get there, and, 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 but I was like, I got to go. So I, just, I, put, I put it aside. I told my wife, hey, I, need to, I just need to go for the afternoon and just get along with Jesus. I, I go up Mount Seymour, behind here at Park Gate, and um, and I just was so full of pressure, and I started telling Jesus, I invited him to just walk with me, and I just was having this kind of, like, what is happening? You know, like, is, is it a, you know, I was just called a friend. It was just tough, and so about 40 minutes, I didn't say anything. I just was just present with Jesus, and then I said, I think I'm ready. What, like, what's happening? I'm, I, I feel afraid. Um... And I wanna share this with you. Um, The first thing I heard him say to me, and he said it so loving, he said, you're bound by words and not my spirit. And when he said it, I could feel just the pressure lift. And and, um, it felt like he was saying to me, what happened to the risk? What happened to risky obedience? And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, your your sermon is so just neat. There's no risk. And I I thought, I said, are you saying preach without notes? Because I can't do that. And I felt like he said, no, I'm not saying go in without no notes, I'm saying go in listening, trusting. And then I heard him say this, I want power, you're giving them arguments. And in that moment, I felt like Jesus was really risen with me. In that moment, I heard him say, release power. Release power. And then I just, it it all made sense. The two point, I just release power. The most of Christianity in the world, they come to know Christ through the releasing of power. And, uh, I was walking back from the path and just, I could feel unlocked and I knew what I had to do. I just, I spent that whole night last night, probably till 10, just worshiping. I was just, I was just worshiping. And I went back to the manuscript and uh, I could just, I could hear his voice. He was just like, you don't need that quote. You don't need this page. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, but are you sure even this quote, this, No release power. Um, when I was walking down that path, there was something I heard that, that I want to share. He, he said to me, you don't believe I can raise the dead. And, and I was like, you're right. I don't believe you can raise the dead. you believe he can raise the dead? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead aren't raised, Christ is not raised. Where is the power of the risen Christ in our lives? Where where have we just settled for just it being normal and ordinary, where we don't need power, where we don't even share anything because we don't think we got the right verses of the right now we have no trust in the power of the risen Christ release power that's what Jesus is looking for he's looking for a church that trusts in the power of Jesus i've seen demons leave people i've seen people get healed i've but when he said you don't believe i can raise the dead <laughs> oh man I knew I had decided to go worship. He's really alive. I mean, he's raising the dead. We're going to the baptism at one. That's, that's the greatest form of spiritual death, eternal life, resurrection body. Sharon's gonna get a brand new body because Christ was with her her whole life. And if you haven't heard her story and you're coming, just email us, we'll send it to you, but it came through the newsletter. But He's raising the dead all the time, both spiritually and many places physically. So, so listen, right now, I don't know what hope you feel you need or what story you're living out of, but, but follower of Jesus, every day, every day, I don't care if you're on Zoom all day, every day the invitation is there from Jesus, follow me. Come live with me. You know, come I'll just come be loved by me. Let's, let's keep let's keep breaking in. So so while right now, and I know North Van, we're feeling this, while the world feels a little chaotic and and there's a we feel a lot of mistrust in God. Let me say this, heaven isn't filled with that. The kingdom realm of heaven is filled with perfect confidence, peace, love, resurrection. Romans 14 says, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness. By the way, the Holy Spirit, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit came wasn't just to convict the world of sin, but was to convince us we're loved of righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. So... If you're not passionate for his presence, and that's faded for you, what if you believed the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us? Because Romans 811 says it does. Let me ask you this question. How do you know your friend is alive? You're like, this is a weird question. Do you know how you know your friend is alive? They talk back to you. You can feel them with you. They actually have an opinion. They have ideas. Did you know this is the first time in the Gospels that Jesus calls his followers brothers? Hebrews says he's not ashamed to call them brothers. Um, Before, his death, he called him friend. But do you remember what he says to Mary, go to my brothers and sisters. Jesus sees himself as our companion. Do you know what, do you know what makes great friendship and great sibling friends? <laughs> Communication. Presence. It's almost like he's always with us. It's almost like what the Bible says is true is true. There's nothing in this life greater than this adventure, than this love, than this invitation. There's nothing. There's nothing. I don't care. I don't, Mount Seymour, you go all your thrills. Nothing. There's nothing more enjoyable than being in his presence with his power, loving with his love, seeing people, seeing him do the impossible. But it's The invitation on Resurrection Sunday isn't to pull him into what you want him to do for the impossible. When they saw Jesus risen, they saw friendship abiding. The invitation for us to the impossible is to, with the presence of being loved and in communion with the Father, you join him with faith to do the impossible. So when he says go, or when he says pray, or when he says pray for healing, you just go. Let me say this. If you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're listening and you, you don't know why, don't leave. Don't leave this live stream. Don't miss out. Don't. You know, he's, he's right next to you. He's ready to forgive you. He has, he's, he has new life with him. I want to give you an opportunity to believe, to not leave your day without knowing Jesus personally. If you don't know Jesus as your friend and companion, someone who's forgiven you, who's eaten the meal and rose from death to give you his presence with you, just right now, just say, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me. If you want to receive Jesus right now, repeat after me. Right where you are, just repeat after me. Jesus, I am broken. I've sinned. And I believe you died and rose, and you really died for my sin. And it's finished, and you've given me now new life and I want that. I say yes to you, Jesus. Come now and save me. Come now and free me. If if you just prayed that come come at one one PM. Come over to Ambleside. Have a conversation with us. Come into the baptism waters. Jesus is really alive. And I don't know what you need power for, but Jesus said release power. So here's what I want you to do. I don't know if you feel like your marriage is so smashed in. By the way, we're doing a marriage series starting next week, but I don't know if, if you are sick and you need healing, and you want resurrection power. I don't know if you feel so depressed and you feel tormented, and you need resurrection power, or I don't know if you're such a doubter, or if you feel scared at work and you need resurrection power. I don't know what you need power for, but I'm gonna pray right where you're watching a release of his power. And so as an act of faith, I want you just to put your hands out like this, I'll pray, the band will come, and we're gonna just celebrate and sing. And he might minister power while we're singing, he might do it this week, he might do it instantly. But he can do it, because he's alive. So Jesus, I ask now that you would come and stand next to all of your sons and daughters, all those with their hands out, all those who are saying, I need resurrection power, I ask now that in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, you release power now. Power to heal. Power to save. Power to respond. In Jesus' name, release power to hope. In Jesus' name, release power to resurrect. Power to wipe away tears. Power to hold on to feet. To heal relationships with siblings. Thank you that you love us so much that you gave your one and only Son whoever believes, just looks upon, trusts in Jesus, will have eternal life. Power to save. Be released in Jesus' name. Amen.